Hello and welcome to the AFPT Comics Podcast, episode 150, special, spectacular, amazing even episode. Holy cow. Later in the show, Cody Ziegler, the amazing Spider-Man writer, is joining us to talk about Spider-Man, uh, What If Miles Morales, and more. It's going to be great. Yep. It's it's incredible. I mean, what what is this? The, the 150 episodes, Dave. How do you feel, man? Uh, once we reach the halfway point of the episode, I will let you know so that we are closer to a specific number that's on my mind. Well, I just I feel like you're downplaying the sesquicentennial uh, AIPT episode. Uh, if it's anybody like a bicentennial, heard, <laughs> yeah. If anybody could hear my <laughs> typing in the background, I was trying to remember the word. Um, like uh, no, you they, nailed it. Yeah, they they. That's what I only know that because of waiting for Guffman, where they're celebrating 150 oh, yes. years. Um, that's funny, man. This is pretty cool. You're ever closer to 200 episodes, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm happy to be here for the for the 150th extravaganza. Be here. You're part of it, buddy. You you are the show. I, I am. Without I you, am the there's show. nothing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you are. That's intense. <laughs> Well, I, like I feel like I have a lot of pressure on me now. Every Sunday, you transform into the AFPT Comics Podcast. I do. I do. With our powers combined. If you don't know, this is the comic book podcast where we recap the biggest news of the week. We review our favorite comics. We have special guests like Cody Ziegler on later and more. But to yeah. start every show, we talk about the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you say this is the biggest news of the week? It was a lighter lighter week for news, for sure. There was some interesting stuff, though. Uh, first up... Zest World. <laughs> that sounds like something the Spice Girls would come up with. It it sounds like a like I, I I think it's a dope name, but it does like the first thing I thought of was like oh this is like a, a cleaning solution or something, right? Or like a spice company. Yeah, the spice must. So flow. it was announced on Monday. Actually, the New York Times had this exclusive news mm-hmm. that Zest World is launching an all-star digital platform for comics lovers everywhere. Uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. Palmiotti is one of the, the founders of this uh, this group. Yeah, well, and what's yeah. great is that the, the, I mean, it's, I think we've all been thinking about stuff like this with the, the, the Image Comics Union and all that stuff. The, uh, their, their idea is to make sure that creators have a financial stake in projects. Uh, you know, the, yes. if, if they make a movie out of uh, any of these works, the creators retain the overall rights. I mean, that's a that's a thing we've been talking about a lot with, uh, especially in regards to the Hawkeye series and stuff like that, where we're just like, man, it would be really cool if, you know, David Aja got a paycheck for this show. Um, right, right. So, uh, and and they're all, all of the, um, the creators are stalking holders in the company which is pretty rad right so peter tomasi alex segura amanda connor phil jimenez and jimmy palmiotti mm-hmm. and eric canet are all uh stockholders um and they're actually offering monetary advances mm-hmm. for the comics in production which is a lot different it's from huge. say image comics mm-hmm. where creators kind of have to pay each other or you know just go without any pay uh, Mm -hmm. until the book actually comes out so that's kind of cool too yeah and jimmy palmiotti told comicbook.com they put their money where their mouth was they came to us and said you guys can do whatever you want we want you to create some comics and characters you guys own them you guys control them and that's pretty awesome he said uh nothing's being done without sitting with us and talking to us and nothing is being made without it benefiting us and uh yeah, I mean, comic comic creators uh, want to know that they're taken care of. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And it's something that hopefully will shift the needle as far as other publishers because mm-hmm. the <laughs> the fairness of it all is still not there for most, even the big-time big people like Marvel Comics. Sure. 
So we'll uh, we'll keep track of this. I know Michael Morecci has a story coming out or a series coming out through Zest World um, sooner than later. So nice. I don't know if we'll have access to review these or not. Uh, it's similar to it might it could be similar to Substack where we don't really have access to this mm-hmm. stuff unless we go and pay and or dig in and and look at this stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if it can carry forward. I mean, Comicsology is huge, but it also was bought by Amazon and has sort of rested on right. that uh, format for a while now. But uh, in other comics news, in teaser news, Marvel teased uh, the Destiny of X, the next era of the X-Men, with six teasers this week, Mm -hmm. including Wolverine, Hope, and Storm, as as well as Magneto, Destiny, and Mr. Sinister. And in these teasers, we have three snapshots of the same character. Presumably, we're seeing different versions or different dimensions or different timelines. Yeah. Yeah, with the characters. So look, man, you we, you put you show me Storm <laughs> with a mohawk, and I'm buying your book. Like that's it. I'm a simple man. <laughs> What's interesting is we already kind of knew there was some kind of timeline shift going on with mm-hmm. Wolverine, with X Lives of Wolverine and X Deaths of Wolverine. So, but this is apparently showing us that it's going to apparently affect all the other mutants mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, seeing Cyber Wolverine that Ben Percy's been teasing for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you think he's like? In, he's like a vi- is it the Matrix? Is he a virus? <laughs> I don't know. I I can't wait. I mean, it looks like he's kind of part warlock, maybe. Oh, that could be. You know, yeah. like there's there's some interesting there's uh, some interesting design sure. elements there. Make sure to check out X Men Monday on Monday. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of Destiny of X. I don't want to say information, but teasers of of a sort. Sweet. I may or may not know what's happening. I don't know. <laughs> but definitely read it. <laughs> if you do, it's news to me. <laughs> uh, senior editor Jordan D. White answers a bunch of questions about Destiny of X and gives us a taste, so to speak. There's also, mm-hmm. of course, the usual exclusive uh, advanced preview images from future books. So check that out. The The interesting thing that I that I, I think is worth noting is they, they released one that's for all of the for some of the villains, Magneto and Mr. Sinister. And yeah. the the one featuring Destiny, um, mm. the character doesn't change, is unchanging in the midst mm. of all these different backgrounds. I mean, everyone else kind of has, you know, overhauled costumes in a general different vibe. You know, there's one that p- depicts Mr. Sinister as almost like a, you know, posing superhero or a Nobel Prize winner. And then <laughs> Destiny is... A uh, fixed point, which I, I I find fascinating. Yeah, it's like she's witnessing all these different timelines, yeah, uh, but not actually uh, being affected by it. Right, right. Hmm. Good. I did not notice that until you just said it. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty interesting. You know, it's also interesting. Newsarama reported that the Luke Cage book that we uh, talked about last week that was yeah. canceled may not be a hundred percent canceled. Um, they didn't name names or their sources, but they mm-hmm. said they had sources that said the book could be coming out eventually. It's just delayed. Uh, it's a printing issue or some such mm-hmm. like that. So it's not because, because there was a lot of buzz, and we talked about this last week, that the book was canceled because of the political aspects of the story. Mm-hmm. We know that multiple issues are already done and like ready to ship. So mm-hmm. why is it being pushed? I, I hope that this is the case i hope it's it is just a production issue and that uh, we do get to see this book because i've really been looking forward to it yeah i mean if not now when for a story like mm-hmm. this right right and also like it's the 50th anniversary of luke gage like they want to they want to do something big for him so i i support that as well i love that character me too yeah hopefully they pop up in like hawkeye or something mm-hmm. 
Oh, There's all that buzz that so uh, Kingpin is showing up next week. Did you I hear hope about this? So yeah, well, he <laughs> D'Onofrio when the show premiered tweeted like Disney Plus's main tweet of it or something like that. Like the you know tonight is the premiere of Hawkeye, and he, he uh. just said like I love these shows or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't know the guy's been like pushing hard to bring back Wilson Fisk, so we will see. I think it would be That's great. So funny. He's one of the best cast uh, oh, yeah. Marvel one characters of, of all time. I, you know, it's funny. Similar, similarly, I saw someone point out that uh, Kieran Gillen retweeted the Destiny of X Mr. Sinister mm. tweet. Mm-hmm. And then, he, you know, speculation blew up. Like, oh, Kieran is going to be doing one of these right, Destiny right. of X books. Similar with uh, D'Onofrio. I'm down. Me too. In other news, Dark Horse has signaled the end of Norse mythology, the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's book, it's getting a third and final comic series mm-hmm. adapting the final stories from the book. Um, the first issue will feature a story by written and drawn by David Rubin, mm-hmm. who is amazing. Oh yeah, one of the best artists out there right now. Just so beautiful and so complex and detailed. Mm-hmm. Other char- uh, creators uh, involved with the the third and final Norse mythology series will be Colin Duran. Galen Showman and P. Craig Russell, who also is adapting most of these stories as well. Yeah, I arrived late with um, Norse mythology. I actually never got around to reading the novel, even even though I've read most of Game and stuff. And then uh, mm. the, uh, but I just picked up the first uh, the first collection of the the comic series recently, and it's it's absolutely it absolutely lives up to the height. Did you notice there was a quote on the back from by AAPT? No, is that you? Did you review it? It's me, man! Hey, yep, it's Steve. a me, a Mario. Uh, speaking of books that you might uh, pick up in reprint format, Vault Comics mm-hmm. announced Heathen is getting a Vault Reserve reprint for 2022, which is fascinating to me because the book's already come out, of course. Mm-hmm. And they've now they're starting this Vault Reserve thing where you can get rare or exclusive covers mm-hmm. to uh, books that have already been published being reprinted. That's a neat uh, idea, especially considering that there are printing issues right now. No, that's I think that's why it's it's kind of neat. Like the the idea that they're they're like, oh, we're really proud of this series. Maybe some people missed out on it. And here's a here's a smaller, you know, smaller print run with an exclusive cover. Um, and, they're you know, they're celebrating their fifth anniversary. Uh, so are the uh, the so I, I think that's really cool. I, I'm hoping that they do this with some more vault books that I, I haven't been able to snag. Also, it makes sense because they're making a. I mean, they're developing a film version of of Heathen as well. So put it back into print, so people it'll be available when mm-hmm. or if the, the the movie or show comes out. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is comics are already this boutique thing. A lot of comic shops, especially, sure. they they treat it like it's wine. Like mm-hmm. you know, come on in. You know, oh, you like this, then I'll get you this. And yeah. to call it Vault Reserve, it just feels like you know you slap that on a bottle of wine. Oh and man. I, one one of the guys, my old hometown comic shop, uh, my 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 friend Roman was like, he became like my comic sommelier. Like he was like, yeah. oh, that's funny. He was just like, oh, so you really like Josie and the Pussycats? You should check out, you know, Love and Rockets, or you know, like there was all these like all these different things he would show me. Was like. I, I think that there is something to be said for that. Oh, you're enjoying Criminal. Well, have you read the new Brubaker mm. book? You know, uh, sometimes I just you know crack open a book and smell it, and I, I get a little like warm grass. Oh yeah, sure. Some 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 uh, some some fruit notes. Yeah. Could you imagine if you could smell a book and like 
oh get a sense of where it was made like where it was printed like oh craven the hunter smells like tobacco <laughs> or that yeah oh my god you know like men's health or all these magazines you can get like a whiff of cologne right well, like, why don't there, they there was like, like a, a musk sniff, on craven there was like a scratch and sniff harley quinn issue a few years ago wasn't there Oh, I don't remember that. I feel no. like there I was. That sounds I, like there I feel like been. I missed out on it, but I. <laughs> yeah. um, the only scratch and sniff thing I ever bought was a Ren and Stimpy thing, and it it didn't smell good. There was. I remember one of the Rugrats movies was released with like smell-o-vision cards that you could get at the theater, and I was like, oh, "What weird. a what a weird thing to 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 promote." But I guess it makes sense because I don't know. Nineties kids loved gross stuff. I think was oh, like sure. a big thing. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here, here first, folks. Uh, Nathan and I are going to be opening up our own smell of vision comic publishing yeah. company. Yeah, we will send you every every uh, every six episodes. We will mail you a box of our favorite smells. <laughs> Could you imagine if uh, if someone tried that, but then like on the first week of, of production, they accidentally put all the books together, so that oh, it was just no. this one disgusting yeah. smell. Yeah. <laughs> You know something that's not going to smell? Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wen's uh, new book, Little Monsters, which mm-hmm. is announced for March 2022. This is their new Image Comics series that Dustin actually hinted at a couple weeks ago yeah. on this very podcast. Um, it involves vampires, but it's not a horror book. They made that very clear. Mm-hmm. The last kids on Earth uh, who remember how things used to be before the end of the world. That's deep, man. That's deep. I. This is such a cool concept. I love this pairing together they're always good together uh and the the this creative team and uh the the judicious use of color in certain Mm. spots of this is just i man i am already so hype on this book which is really different for dustin Mm -hmm. um if you go back and listen to that interview i uh, I did with him on the show Mm -hmm. he actually talked about how he was doing a lot of research looking at manga and you can kind of oh, see it into sure. the, in the preview pages if you look at uh, the preview on aptcomics.com. There's like, because there's the, the lack of color, and then there's also like a texturing thing going on mm-hmm. too. It's kind of neat. And I'll read anything if it's uh, something like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> oh, God. That's it for news. In our next segment, Standout. Kapow! Sorry. <laughs> Moment of the week. That was a, There was a delay on that. The fuse was a little too long on our kapow. Yeah. This is our favorite moment of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily our favorite comic, but it probably is one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a moment that really stood out to us uh, from the, gosh, over 100 comics that probably came out. It was, a, it was a pretty heavy week for comics, for sure. Yeah, next week's crazy, too. What it's was your wild, favorite moment? Like, uh, know, yeah, right? <laughs> my favorite moment of the week was from The Me You Love in the Dark, number five, by Scotty Young and Jorge Corona. Uh, this closed out the 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 miniseries of a uh, about a painter who has fallen into an unhealthy relationship with the spirit that uh, lives in the house she's uh, she's painting in, um, and uh, mild spoilers. She decides to uh, fight her way out. I mean, you can tell from the cover she sets the place mm. ablaze. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, as she's trying to make her way to the door, the the entity that has been living there has been has been getting more bold and showing itself throughout the issue. And this there's a single panel of her pausing in like the the sort of atrium area 
uh, as the house is burning and crumbling around her and this ghost spirit demon is tearing itself out of the walls. There's just teeth and eyes and hands everywhere. There's one reaching up from the, the bottom right corner of the panel to wrap around the door frame. Like it's trying to tear its way out of the house to get her. Um, it's an, it's just an incredible visual. Um, and it's, it's stuck with me since I read it that this, this whole mini series has just been, uh, a, a, an incredible surprise after another, um, and uh, yeah, I, I absolutely loved this issue, but this this one moment really freaked me out and kind of mesmerized <laughs> me because as you look deeper, there you know you can keep you can still see eyes way in the background peeking out through the flames, and it's just a really striking moment. Or even that hand that's like to uh, our right, her left. Yes, it's mm-hmm. sort of like the, the use of hands in this issue is insane. There's just like they're enveloping her at some points. It's yeah. really cool. Just oh my god! Like so disturbing that that final issue. So good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite moment came from Amazing Spider-Man number eighty. Yeah, um, it's a double page spread where Spider-Man or Ben Riley is tripping out. He's there's this big. If you go to aptcomics.com, by the way, you can see this full image mm-hmm. uh, in the podcast post. But on one side we see Ben's face uh, just looking right at us, and then on another side we see this gaping hole. Uh, where his, his face should be. And it's an mm-hmm. image we saw when this series actually started. I mean, I'm getting this vibe that it's like imposter syndrome. He doesn't think he is Spider-Man. We see moments uh, from Peter Parker's Spider-Man's life that are also Ben's, but he knows that he didn't actually live them because he was cloned later. And so there's this imposter syndrome uh, idea going on here visually that's really neat where we see Spider-Man and Gwen that mm-hmm. classic image of him with his fists up in the air, but both of their faces are gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's with so Gwen's twisted. in particular, you can see it like it's concave, you know? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. There's all these huge moments from the character's history that are uh, where he's just basically, uh, you know, grappling with the fact that he didn't actually live them. Ben didn't actually live these moments. Right, right. And that's so, God, it's so sad, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. And we these get are into really that. big moments. We get into oh, that yeah, we with do. Cody a little bit, and he, he has some really fascinating insights into how how Ben kind of copes with right. uh, being his own Spider-Man. It's really sad, but also compelling and interesting, and I think we can all relate to it on some level, mm-hmm. if you've ever felt imposter syndrome yourself. Absolutely. Uh, Moving on, this, there's no imposter syndrome here, folks. In our nope. top books of the week, we know, we know what's good. <laughs> we know they're good. <laughs> and we'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, unless you turn this off, please don't, please don't. Don't do it. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, and keep <laughs> listening. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what was your second favorite book of the week? My second favorite book of the week was Amazing Spider-Man number 80 by Cody Ziegler and Michael Dowling. Um, this is just a great uh, action issue with uh, Ben Riley, uh, Spider-Man, fighting against Craven the Hunter. He has been dosed with a uh, hallucinogenic poison that is causing him to see all these uh, wild imagery, like... Even beyond this pit, that spread that Dave's talking about, there's moments throughout where he thinks he's melting, like his body mm. is like turning into liquid. Uh, he sees Craven as this sort of godlike, flame-headed beast. Um, and there's also, but it's also played for laughs in some points. He finds a bunch of Beyond scientists that have been kidnapped, and 
sees them as different animals. And so he's he's like, my new friend who is maybe a talking turtle. Like, <laughs> there's just some really funny bits there. Um, but we also get more of the day-to-day at the Beyond Corporation, seeing how characters handle uh, when Spider-Man goes off the grid. Um, I, I really, really dug this issue. It also sets up some really fun stuff at the end uh, with uh, Aunt May that I'm really looking forward to seeing play out in future issues. Um, yeah, this uh, this run uh, is consistently one of my favorite things on the shelf. Like, I can't... I, I'm so excited to read Spider-Man every week, and uh, I'm thr- I'm so happy to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good times for Spider-Man, even though Peter's not at the helm. Right. In a way, it's even more interesting and, you know, sort of retiring. I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes there, Peter, for a little bit is it's a good time for that. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting, you know, being a child of the 90s to see Ben kind of uh, be pushed and sort of self-reflect like he is in the series. It's yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I, I've always loved Ben Riley, but there's a... Um... There he is. He's more of a, a well-rounded character now. Like there's, it's not just angst. There's, there's so much to him trying to prove himself, which I'll, I'll get into in my favorite book of the week as well. But uh, mm. yeah, the, this whole, this whole, everyone at Marvel is firing on all cylinders, especially when it comes to the Spider books. Like I am so pleased with how cohesive this is all. This is all played out. Uh, it would have made my 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 second favorite as well. But mm. at, at the last hour, I was like, I really should check out. Sir Edward Gray, Acheron, the one-shot by Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart, mm-hmm. because it's the first comic, I think in three years, that Mignola has written and drawn. And I was bowled over by it. Um, yeah. I am not a super Hellboy fanatic. I haven't sure. read every book. I know that Hellboy's dead <laughs> in continuity, which is, uh, a, you, a, he actually reminds you in this mm-hmm. uh, one shot, actually. The main character is Acheron, all, a.k.a. Sir Edward Grey. He's like the spirit character. Mm-hmm. And it's all taking place in hell, but because of Hellboy and his final acts, there is no, like, head of hell. So this issue... Uh, basically kind of reminds us of these things while also setting a new path for hell in the Hellboy universe mm-hmm. using Atron. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, <laughs> the visuals, of course, are just stunning. Um, I was just talking to Michael Oming about this because Michael Oming also has a simpler style. But mm-hmm. if you look at Mignola's work in the you know 80s and um, when he was still working for Marvel in DC, mm-hmm. his style was like any other superhero comic style, like pretty detailed. And Oming was saying like, yeah, well, as you age, you, you kind of refine. And I think a lot of artists, or he's, this is what he said. He thinks a lot of artists get simpler because you can get more expressive and more, you can have a message in there that's yeah. visual, but also easier to draw with your hands. Um, and you get that from this. It's almost like this book was carved out of stone or something. The visuals aren't so simple that it's a piece of stone, but it's simple enough that compared to like, you know, one of these hyper detailed Superman books, it's so different. And for that reason, it just really resonated with me uh, on this like epic, um, like visceral sort of way. He's also mixing in these Greek mythologies with stuff we know about hell. And it kind of all kind of the slurry comes together into this really interesting um, take on all these things from Hellboy, but other cultures as well. So 
It was my second favorite book because I'm excited for what Mignola might have planned for the future, even though Hellboy's dead, and I don't think he'll ever bring Hellboy back. Mm. And yet the story still carries on. And he's capable of doing that, which is a shock to me on some level. Yeah. How do you sure. kill your main superhero, right? <laughs> and still make their make their actions be felt through the rest of your line as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool book. But what was your favorite book of the week? My favorite book of the week was The Death of Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, number one. It's a spectacular spider week for me, man. <laughs> uh, this was from Jed McKay and Marcelo Ferreira. Um, this follows... Um, Ben Riley goes to visit Peter in the hospital because Peter is still in a coma. And uh, the death of Doctor Strange has set off a series of mystical uh, uh, announcements throughout the world. And Ben receives the um, a sort of astral projected message from Doctor Strange at the moment of his death saying, I need you to take care of business for me while I'm since I'm gone now, uh, while I figure this out, basically. Uh, and so he, uh, Ben and Black Cat go to visit Wong, who gives them a list of um, chores. Essentially, they they, they <laughs> learn they learn what, how, just how much Doctor Strange does for the city, uh, right? And so it, it, and so Felicia tags along because she's she's still not convinced that Ben Riley has the right to be Spider Man. There's some really fun bickering between the two and a. That also, you know, r- serves to remind the reader just how much she cares about Peter. Um, but more than that, what shocked me about this issue is that every single page is a perfect short story. Um, <laughs> as they are as they are checking off different pieces of Doctor Strange's list, which involves, you know, stop the 666 train, which is just this giant flaming train covered in demons, or uh, keep these goblins from robbing a bank, or just something as simple as bring this woman a bagel. You know, like he is, <laughs> this, you you get the feeling that Doctor Strange, they have this conversation about how he really was the town doctor. Like he took mm. care of this city and they now live in a world without Dr. Strange and how that ties into, you know, why there shouldn't be a New York city without Spider-Man and why mm. Ben is the right person to carry on this job while Peter is out of commission. Uh, it's this really beautiful heartfelt story about the importance of these characters that is couched inside a fun little montage of them cleaning up the city. Uh, and I, I just, I absolutely uh, adored this issue. Yeah, it was super fun. It was, you know, what was amazing to me was, you know, Jed McKay, who wrote this, yeah, uh, writes Black Cat, has written Spider-Man before, and is mm-hmm. doing Death of Doctor Strange. And somehow he's melded all three of his takes on these yeah. characters. Oh, yeah. Even though Doctor Strange isn't present, you get a sense of who he is because of the acts they have to accomplish. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah like, the, really Doctor cool. Strange was dealing with these, you know, 60 cosmic events a night, you know? Right, right, right. I it would be it. cool if there was a whole series about a guy who had to, uh, who had, who got a list every issue from a different hero. <laughs> I love to, like, that. Yeah. That'd be a neat idea. That's fun. It? Uh, you know, my favorite book of the week was similar to yours in that there was a lot of different stories going on. Yeah. Um, depending on what page you're on. I I really liked Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant Number 1 by various creators, Mm -hmm. uh, including Danny DeVito, who wrote a uh, Penguin story with with art by Dan Mora. Yeah. Yeah. 
the book, uh, I, you know, with anthologies, like, first of all, DC Comics almost always kills on these anthologies. Yeah. Like, there might be one or two stories out of eight or ten that may not be your cup of tea, but mm-hmm. there's always a, a, a multiple bangers. This one, I was close to giving it a 10 out of 10. I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. One or two didn't quite uh, resonate with me, mm-hmm. but good Lord, there's just so much good content here. Yeah. I, the books opens with Danny DeVito's story, which basically gives us Penguin from Batman Returns a happy ending. Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it, but that that story genuinely surprised me. It's very sweet and yeah. aspirational, and uh, yeah, it it really does kind of the the versions of Penguin and Catwoman in that are very close to the movie without quite being the same characters. Um, right, and, I, and it's I, so beautifully drawn by Mora. Yeah, I I really really dug that story. The next story by Wes Craig. Um, is about Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. It's really cool how he shows Scarecrow's perspective on why Batman is bad Yeah, uh, for his brand, <laughs> which was really cool. Uh, G. Willow Wilson and Emma Rios did a Poison Ivy story, which I believe is a precursor to something they're doing yes. in 2022. They haven't announced that yet, mm-hmm. though, I think. But um, Rios, good Lord, the there's some imagery there showing like the industrial complex just destroying the world and Poison Ivy yeah. really being pissed off about it. But Willa Wilson really does a great job capturing the heart of Poison Ivy. She's not pure evil. She actually will help a human being if need be. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephanie Phillips and Max Fiomara did a Red Hood story that's really interesting because it shows um, henchmen and like uh, their kind of relationship to Red Hood, which mm-hmm. apparently is passed around, which is really neat. Um, Dan Waters and Skylar Partridge did a Mad Hatter story that ties right into Arkham City, which was kind of cool. It was like a pre- prequel yeah. kind of story to that. Yeah, uh, fo- that is followed by a Killer Moth story, which is genius by Margaret Scott and Ariel Christina, which shows how Killer Moth has figured out. I don't want to get my ass kicked by Batman anymore, so <laughs> why don't I case out other piece- people casing out places? And then when they rob a place and inevitably drop bags of money, Batman will chase them and I will go and snatch up the money off the street. It's I'm, like so smart. I'm so, I'm always so in to the, the portrayal of Killer Moth as like this beleaguered bat villain who's not like right. a, a D-list supervillain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, uh, yeah, that, that story really worked for me. I, I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson and Ricardo Federici does a, do a story with Rosal Ghul and Batman playing chess, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And then um, wrapping up the book, Josh Williamson, Nadia Shamas, and Max Rayner do this Talia Ghul story. And we get to see a moment between her and her father, Raz. And he's like giving her advice as a child. She's like 10 in the story. And it's a moment that will matter in another story coming up. Uh, where Talia is like the main character. So I forget which book it is. It mm-hmm. might be Robin, but I forget. Nice. He's man. Williamson is really messing around with the all ghouls right now, especially in Robin. Oh um, yeah. Like adding new family members, adding new background lore. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, there's just a ton. I mean, it's a $10 book, but it's a mm-hmm. hundred pages. Oh yeah. Like you said, all of their anthology books end up just crushing. I'm really looking forward to the, the, Holiday anthologies coming up, the, mm. the Mr. Freeze one that I'm really looking yeah, forward yeah. to. I just, I really enjoyed Are You Afraid of Dark Side, the Halloween special. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm always I'm always looking forward to these. They always have a, a holiday Christmassy one, mm-hmm. a Valentine's one, mm-hmm. and a Halloween one, right? That's about, 
Yeah. The, the, what was it? The young monsters in love that came out a couple years ago, the Valentine special that was like Frankenstein and swamp. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, That one, that's one of my favorites from the last few years. So good. You know, what's also good. Our top books for next week, the books we know will be be great. great. Yeah, (laughs) probably your pick. I would, would have picked, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm psyched for Hellions number 18 by Zeb Wells and Z Carlos. Yeah. Um, The Goblin Queen returns in this issue. Uh, Zeb Wells is so good at making me laugh out loud, mm-hmm. which is so rare. I feel like in comic books, like you'll chuckle at a comic, but yeah, he finds these little moments, especially with Nanny, where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this is ridiculous. Um, and you know, he's he can poke fun at these characters, but also respect them. And uh, for sure, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for this latest issue. Well, that's that's the thing is like you you can make fun of yourself if you're good at what you do, and Zeb is really good at what what he does. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to One Star Squadron, number one, by Mark Russell and Steve Lieber, reuniting the uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've already read this issue. Normally, I try not to do that before I pick my top book, but I've been so looking forward to One Star Squadron that I could not help it. Um, this uh, follows a group of heroes who are basically running um, a a business that hooks up out of work superheroes in the gig economy. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you, if you want a superhero for your birthday party, you need a superhero to, uh, record a cameo message for you. Like the, these <laughs> guys, these guys will get you set up. If you need someone to do your taxes, like, uh, they can probably get, you know, a robot for you. Um, it's really fun, but it also tackles, um, concepts, uh, like how we treat, how society treats people who are out of work or, uh, uh-huh. you know, veterans. Like, there's literally a, a superhero, uh, former superhero struggling with PTSD who is just dumped, you know, on the on the door, on Red mm. Tornado's doorstep, and they have to figure out how to, you know, resituate him uh, because yeah. he's been left behind uh, by the world uh, after a series of head injuries that have, you know, and it, so it's, it's tackling... <laughs> yeah much heavier topics in this sort of JLI infused uh, atmosphere. And I, it, it really balances those, those concepts really well. Mark Russell's so good at capturing, he, cause he's got multiple stories like this. He did mm-hmm. one for Ahoy recently too, mm-hmm. where he's taking the almost over the top ridiculousness of something and then reducing it down to our level of like an office space kind mm-hmm. of level uh, while not forgetting that they have superpowers and they're, Godlike well, at the if, same time. You know, he he took uh, Snagglepuss Chronicles is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. comics of the last five years. Yeah, uh, and that's an insane sentence to say, right? Like, <laughs> uh-huh. it's so no one saw that coming. It's so good. It is so uh, dense and just just it, it, yeah. I I it tackles the meaning of art and the meaning of feeling like an outcast in society and uses a pink mountain lion to tell that story <laughs> like that's crazy right it's right. the it's the best um russell consistently blows me away uh and i i am i'm loving i mean his his red sonia was a, a political oh, satire yeah. like that's mm-hmm. incredible um mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I i can't wait for everyone else to read one star squadron Moving on to our next segment, judging by the cover, Junior, our favorite cover art out next week. The cover that when you walk into the comic shop, you go, 10 of those, please. (laughs) Sure. And then (laughs) you spin your cane and your monocle falls out. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta gotta get some more monocle glue. (laughs) 
<laughs> monocle glue. Wait a minute, is that a real thing? I don't know. Oh, God. My favorite cover comes from uh, Brian Boland for the Swamp Thing number 10. I believe it's the um, variant cover. This cover, when it was first revealed mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, blew my mind, man. Swamp Thing yeah. is sort of standing, leaning to the side a little bit while his fingers do all the work mm-hmm. as they spin out and make all these, like, um, branches. Mm-hmm. But on the branches, because, you know, that's not enough, because... This articulate branches spinning out actually form the the title, the yeah. swamp thing above him. But no, that's not enough. We need to actually put little uh, insects and bugs and stuff all over the branches. <laughs> sure. Now, I would imagine Swamp Thing hasn't been standing there with the Swamp Thing title above his head for very long. So where did these bugs come <laughs> from? Do they just like just jump towards him as he's growing? Like they know that there's a lot of cool life going on right around here? I don't know. I, I but, also, uh, I love that it's the like the older Swamp Thing title oh, yeah. treatment, you know? But yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, like the V is literally like stuck on there with like a post-it almost. It's, it's Yeah, that's it's, true. I yeah, this cover rules. There's so many cool little details. He's got little gross thingies coming off his arm and head. <laughs> yeah. And if this you go is, to the yeah, go ahead. If you go to the aptcomics.com podcast post, you can see it in full as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that issue as well. That's uh, that's the that's sort of the finale of the first arc of the series mm-hmm. uh, before they launch into their their season two uh, arc. Yeah, I'm excited for that. For sure. What is your favorite cover of the week? Uh, I'm I would love the cover art for Justice League Infinity number six by James Stokoe. Uh, this is the series that continues the continuity of Justice League Unlimited, and they have been dealing with alternate universes uh, encroaching on their reality. Uh, and Amazo has been kind of uh, punching his way through these shattered mirrors in the bleed and. Uh, uh, it's uh, this art. This is just so cool. I mean, the the cover shows him kind of wrecking this version of reality that shows uh, different shards and different different timelines. Uh, there's a there's a Kyle Rayner uh, in the corner that I'm very fascinated by <laughs> because the DC animated universe uh, introduced Kyle Rayner as the first Green Lantern on Earth instead of Hal Jordan because he was. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern in the comics when Superman the Animated Series was running, but he's never rocked a suit like this. This is like very accurate uh, to his 90s getup, so or, or his mm-hmm. Ion suit almost. Uh, yeah, because it's so white. And we've got a, um, yeah, Green Lantern's so white. Uh, there's a uh, <laughs> hashtag Green Lantern's so white. Green Lantern's so white. <laughs> uh, there's a the universe where Wonder Woman is in love with Darkseid. There's a universe where Batman has taken Overman prisoner. Uh, there's just some really fascinating. Uh, Who's this dude punching? That's that's the, the that's the DC AU version of Amazo. He became ah. this. Um, he was like this formless creature, and then uh, sort of became this golden godlike being by the end of Justice League Unlimited. Um, mm-hmm. And they would use him as sort of the the DC animated universe version of. Um, Silver Surfer, like they would, they did this uh, a couple of issues where a couple of episodes where they essentially did the Defenders, but in DC. So they had uh, Doctor Fate standing in for Doctor Strange, uh, Solomon Grundy in place of uh, the Hulk, and Amazo in place of Silver Surfer. Uh, guys, if you haven't rewatched uh, Justice League Unlimited <laughs> recently, I have been because it's the twentieth anniversary of the show, and. Uh, 
it's still my favorite superhero cartoon ever. It's so good. Yeah, I still haven't caught up with it, but uh, the comic's been rad. Yeah, the comic has been really fun. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how it all ties together. I'm really uh, interested in seeing how the Cody Ziegler interview ties together. In our next yeah. segment, <laughs> Cody joins us to talk about Amazing Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and more. Let's roll that clip, Dave. <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> I believe we have a clip. Cody Ziegler, you're on the show. You're on the APC Comics <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's, uh, I always love talking shop, so like any excuse yeah. I get to do it, I'm all for what a year for you with, with not only comic stories, but also announcements. Um, you've got Amazing Spider-Man out this week and, and last week. You've got mm-hmm. the What If Miles Morales coming up. Um, and you're part of the Beyond Board writing crew of Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Can you walk us through how and when you were asked to join that team? Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking very weird. I mean, it's all like a little, it's like that that meme of like the guy with like the one small domino and then like the big domino. It's like <laughs> sure. the small domino is like, me getting into podcasting and like the very last domino is like getting to write spider-man uh yeah so like um i um i used to produce podcasts when i first got to la mm-hmm. and i was guest hosting basically on a show one of our i used to host the, i used to produce this show called yo is this racist um one of the hosts right, on, on uh, earwolf right yeah yeah i was a earwolf dude um and our host one of our hosts tawny she booked um that netflix series space for so she was just like i gotta be in the desert for like months so uh, <laughs> if you want to like fill in as a co-host feel free to do it it's like I, I filled in and then like uh two days later the other host andrew was like hey do you have a, a, a pilot or a sample that you've written i was like i literally just wrote one like two days ago it's probably garbage and there, i know it's full of typos but here you go and then maybe <laughs> maybe like three weeks later i got a call from my manager being like hey um marvel wants to have a, a meeting with you i was like did they get did they mean Corey ziggler did they get to the right guys like hey, i don't know how yeah they want to get a meeting with you dude so i walk in and it's for um i see uh, the two execs and I see Jessica Gao, who is the showrunner of She-Hulk. And she was mm-hmm. like, I'm friends with Andrew. Like, I listened to the podcast. I heard you. I thought you were funny. And I asked if you had, like, if you had a sample to pass along. I was like, well, I'm glad that I had one. And, like, that's, yeah. how, I got, wow. that's how I got in the writing. So, like, I got the job. Um, and, like, so Jessica's number two in the room. Like, the second person in charge, like, she wasn't there. Like, she had, like, out fired and stuff was Zeb Wells, who you guys know has been writing comics forever. Oh, yeah. About Chicken, like, Supermansion. So, like our two roles in the room were very much like the comic books mcu nerds like we were the guys that would be like hey who's what's a character that we can use like what's a cool villain or what's a cool thing that we can pull from we'd be like this this and this and they're like all right calm down um (laughs) and you guys can use your words and like so that was very we were very much like oh my god we're cut from the same cloth so we, we spent the entire time just talking about like dumb comic book stuff yeah and basically after it we rewrapped that show zeb was like hey if you ever want to like write comics, I was like, I do. I was like, well, calm down. Like, if you want to write comics, um, <laughs> like I can introduce you to some people. And he introduced me to Nick Lowe, the editor for, for most of the spider spider branding stuff. So like, mm-hmm. that's how I got into it. Like, and uh, you know, my, my, my whole goal for this year was to, like, write, you know, three comic books would be cool. And then by the end of it, I've written like eight. So like it, it's been a very, very cool and surreal, like past year and a half getting to lots of dominoes. Yeah. Lots of, <laughs> lots of crazy dominoes. It just, I get like a friend got a job and I had to fill in and like that's what led me to like being writing the stuff that I write now. It's very cool, very very. What awesome. is it that Will so Smith always said? encourage? I was just like always encourage your friends to take jobs. Like that's yeah, that's what yeah, <laughs> basically yeah. Take every shot. What is it? Will Smith said he was something like um, 
luck is just being ready for the the, the challenge that it comes to your way or something. I just totally oh, yeah. butchered it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, that's very much the case. Like it was just being like having making sure like I had my ducks in some sort of row. So sure. that when people asked me for things, I could like, hey, yeah, I have the thing that you need. I can help. I can fill the slot that you need filled right now. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, how does writing how does writing for comics in a writer's room for a TV series compare to being on the Beyond board? Does it does it feel super different or? There's a little bit of different, but like, I mean, I came from TV, so like it was an easier transition. Mm-hmm. Also, Zeb, I mean, he wrote comics, but he'd been writing TV forever, so like, right, it was easier easiest for us because like we knew how we how each other worked in the room, like. Um, like I, I knew Zeb's ticks and he knew mine. Like we knew what would make each other laugh or respond to stuff. So like, yeah. it was definitely easier for that regard. Um, you know, when it comes to comic books, like really, like you have a lot of freedom. You're basically like, we broke most of like the overarching stuff in a room together, like the other writers. But then it became like, all right, my writer, like, all right, you have uh, Craven the Hunter. I was like, go. I was like, uh, okay, sure. Like, uh, <laughs> let me read some like old Craven stuff because like you know yeah. I knew who he was, but like I didn't. I wasn't like the guy that like knew Craven like the back of his hands. So, like I read some stuff, like I sent my outline in and like whenever the good thing about being with like other writers is that like, you know, it's six people stressing out about a story and not one person. So like if I'm sure. stuck, I'm like, hey, does this make any type of sense? I can ask, you know, fucking Kelly Thompson. She's like, yeah, let me put let me put down my Eisner and like answer your question. <laughs> I, can talk to, I can talk to Saladin who has been like, you know, he's been like crushing miles for, yeah. you know, since like 2018. So like, Absolutely. you just have this like this resources to be like, hey, does this make any type of sense? Which is definitely a, a great safety net for someone who is like, you know, I had written maybe three, two backups and like a one shot before getting right. this. So like, I, I really wanted to like make sure I didn't like fuck it up. Um, but like having having that safety net and just having the resources to be like, yeah, this is working or like this needs a little bit of tweaking or like this doesn't track. Like that's just makes it so much easier to like make a story and get it done. Um, yeah. As opposed to just like having to figure it out by yourself, which is really like the most time consuming and stressful part, like with any type of writing, but particularly comic books, because, you know, you, you, you show any type of weakness, they're going <laughs> to sharks will eat you alive, you know? Well, that's that's been the really exciting thing about this era of Spider-Man is that there's there's so many people working on it. There's so many, you've got the beyond issues, you've got the main series. It, it all feels cohesive. It, like you can tell everyone's like communicating with each other. Yeah. Uh, well, that, really that Slack is getting used constantly. Like, like <laughs> I bet. we have, we have channels for every month and like every month is always popping off with stuff. It's, it's been cool. Like I, I like, I like it from the sense of like a really cool thing about tv writing is that yeah you know you really get to see you know you have the overarching story that's all sort of shaped by like the showrunner in this case it's it's them mm-hmm. uh, but like you get to see each individual writer's personality shine and like see what their strengths are what interests them which has been really cool so like i i love seeing like any time that i get to see kelly thompson just go buck wild for like uh, an action spread panel like i lose yeah. my mind or like having um, like Saladin. I don't, I don't think his issues have dropped yet, but like just having the interactions, like he just you know he knows Miles like the back of his hand. Like oh yeah, just the way that he can like write Miles hanging out with Ben is just like so, just so specifically him that like yeah, it, it's just cool seeing that that through line <laughs> between everyone. Yeah, it's it's really it's been really really fun, man. That's awesome. Speaking of Miles, I've I've loved your backups. I think it was in Miles Morales twenty five and number thirty. Oh yeah, it was my first comics I ever wrote. Yeah. Those were so fun. <laughs> Super Thanks. fun. And I, I love the dialogue and the way you have Miles speak. What what do you think the secret is for writing Miles dialogue versus Ben versus Peter? Well, I mean, I the the it, it, I wanted to say it's easy because I just 
right miles like how me and my friends talk like that's like <laughs> i just can just go to our tech our group chats and be like oh yeah that's, that's this is how we talk you know it's yeah it's it's uh, you know when you grow up like you know black or any 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 like marginalized group like you just have to code switch like that's just have to how you have to navigate any space like you know and it's just easier following in like i can write i mean also we just have tons of comics for like for um for peter parker or or, or even ben like sure. that sort of there's like that that sort of little nugget of, of all spider people whether it's cindy or miles or gwen is it like at the core like there is a little bit of humor to it it's like they yeah. their whole thing is like they have the quips or whatever but really it's like their defense mechanism while they're fighting like stay calm and stay cool so like that's a pretty easy oh, line. but like when it comes to like miles and stuff like i just talk how me and like my friends talk or how me and my cousins talk like um like it definitely was fun at the beginning when like our editor nick was like is it what is this what did you what, what is this what does this mean i was like oh no it's uh here i'll send you the the, the urban dictionary the translation so you <laughs> yeah so you understand what it means like he, like I, I think i say b a couple of times like a hey, b and he's like do you mean like did you miss did you leave off the e or the double he's like no it's a it's a it's a, it's a term of endearment and here's a, here's yeah. a link but like uh like yeah, that's been like just really fun it's just like talking like just writing how like you know just capturing that very specific cultural yeah touchstone of like yeah it this feels is how, honest i love this it how, like yeah great yeah exactly like, this is how like you know young black kids talk particularly like not even black kids like there's how people in new york would talk if you're like <laughs> under the age of like 35 you know right and you never see that dialogue is always sort of the same in comics it seems like mm -hmm. yeah it's you know it, it's i mean i as, as i've been in the thick of it like i also get it when you have to like why like how do i just like make everyone like this I, I, how do this, i tell I'll, the line <laughs> yeah how do i tell the line also this is just going back to like to, um, so I did this one shot called Seed Society Number One, and like mm -hmm. that was like the first one shot I ever wrote. Like I went from like a ten page mile short to like here's thirty pages. Right? It's like okay, great. And also you have to introduce twelve characters for the first time ever. Oh uh, man! And like most of them have to die. Uh, so really, you get like a page and a half to introduce someone. I was like, oh great. How am I going <laughs> to give a person a character a person character personality in five panels? And like it really mm -hmm. is just like all right, Sabretooth drops his G's or like. Uh, <laughs> Or like the uh, or, or or you know uh, the blue eagle talks like he's like he's from a, uh, he's like a prince and like uh, Arcana she 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 talks in rhymes like when it comes to stuff like that like just getting like that translation that you don't have between like TV is like oh I can just see you can just see Mark Ruffalo talk and like you get sure. his personality so you get his anger but like writing is like or reading rather it's like you really have to lean into like you know like every most people like we've been speaking English for most of our lives I'm assuming like we know mm. the rules like. We can sort of get those like small character ticks and be like, all right, this person mm. says Wilja, or like this guy says thinking instead of thinking, or trying to instead of yeah. trying to, like, all that, like those small nuances. Like, I get like why characters do that now, but like it's it's, it's definitely been free freeing for to write Miles and in, in that voice, just because like like you said, like you haven't seen it in a lot, but also it seems it's just what I know, and like it's just easier to yeah. write to just pull from like any conversation i've had with my most ignorant friend tristan and just put those words in like judge's mouth or, or, or whatever <laughs> that's uh i mean there's been a couple of just genuinely laugh out loud moments for me I, I was talking about this on twitter the other day one of my favorite panels of the last few months was ben riley saying you crazy mm. for this one k craven <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely like had to put the book down for a second oh, Thank you. I'm glad that one landed. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I, I would give a shout out to Danny Kazan. He uh, he's one of the the uh, one of the uh, spider people, one of the uh, assistant editors. Yeah. Uh, like I put that in, and like he he went to bed. He's like, this is this is not this is a Jay Z thing. 
trust me, it'll crush with people when they get it. He's like, so like, <laughs> no. I want to thank him for yeah. having my back and oh letting my God. That, that bit get through. That's awesome. I mean, it was, it, yeah, that's that defense mechanism you're talking about because he's yeah. panicking on the inside. And he's just trying yeah, to like, yeah. just throw something out there. It's yeah, so like in my mind, like he listened to like 99 problems, like only yes. he was like on the <laughs> way over there, like they just happened to be stuck in the back of his head. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, and, and in that suit, he probably could. He could probably yeah, pull up his yeah, Spotify. Yeah, he has this little AI playing his Spotify. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. His, yeah, when he's when he's flipping over. Um, by the way, seventy nine and eighty have some insane hallucination sequences. In them. <laughs> uh, what did those look like in the script? And was there like a, a a moment when the final page like blew away what you even expected from it? yeah there's this so i when i i so you know you get your comics like throughout your outlines like i didn't know who my artist was mm -hmm. um when i so i just had like an outline like you know it's like page by page what happens but like when i got when i saw like when nick low was like you have michael dowling in like he sent me some of his art that he did for um for black for black cat yeah it was like this really cool looking like giant like skeleton vision vision yes. thing i was like yeah. oh this guy can like draw big weird stuff like he could do scale very very well very surreal stuff so i was like well i mean this is that just sort of changed everything so like i started writing more towards his style it's sort of like um like i i come from from tv and film so it's like that mm -hmm. it's not too dissimilar from like from directing something like talking with like a dp like you want to pick the right you want to like write to their strengths or like create to sure. their strengths and, like that's very much what i did with with uh with dowling is that like i think at the end of issue 79 i think i wrote like you, you see you look up and craven has like a flaming skull he looks like he looks familiar but incomprehensible like a god like a like a, yeah. like a seraphim an orifem or whatever like i think I, I referenced like this like lord i can't remember the the character the uh the deity's name but like uh uh i think it's a hindu deity it's like a lion-faced thing it looked really okay. cool i was like but yeah. like, in was like let's let's get as close as we can without being appropriative he's like great i got it but like a lot of it was just <laughs> yeah. like playing to his strengths like once i started getting back like the the outlines or like the pencils and stuff for like 79 i was like all right great let's just go full tilt into like what his strengths are and like he really 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 stuck the landing um yeah and like you know this is just seeing like black and white so like when you get colors in from like jesus and stuff you're like oh or i think jesus did it. yeah jesus i was like mm -hmm. this is this is great like he the, the art team absolutely crushed it Oh man, I mean, then like looking down and he's kind of like melting fingers. upwards. And, yeah, that's, <laughs> um, there's an interesting moment that I, I wanted to ask you about. It just popped mm -hmm. back into my head. When Ben is trying to center himself in 80 and he, he calls himself Peter. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, snap out of it, Peter. Wait, hang yeah. on, I'm mm -hmm. Ben. Do, you, do mm -hmm. you feel like there's a kind of uh, self-consciousness or like a, a sort of like fear, a primal fear in Ben where he, he doesn't really trust that identity? Yeah, I think that's like one of those that's that's, you know, I think we all have that super, 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 very small microscopic voice in the back of our head yeah. sometimes. Like maybe oh, you don't hear full on imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a bullhorn. Like, you know, sometimes like sometimes you don't hear that voice for for, for weeks, for maybe years. Yeah, like you don't hear sure. it. But, like it's like it's like if you ever go home, if you ever went to like a high school reunion, like you're a completely different person now. But like maybe someone says that one thing and you're you shoot back to when you're 16 and awkward and like you had dumb looking shoes and you're like, oh that's still there like that that's i feel like hurts. i read that guy years yeah. ago yeah mm -hmm. i think that's very much um in in ben's the subconscious which is like what his trial was right like that's what his that's yeah. what his uh his his labor if he was hercules like his labor was like conquering this like if you're yeah. gonna get very boring and technical and throw it up on like the dan Harmon story circle like you know ben's ben's adventure his journey was like overcoming this like right like this is him like facing like he's like facing himself like that's his big yeah. like at the act break like that's his meeting with the goddess or this point god i guess raven is like 
he has to face himself and like overcome that and like part of that is dealing with like yeah he has imposter syndrome but like he has surrounded himself with people that you know hopefully want to see him do good and like that's where he gets his 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 joy from that's where he gets his bliss is like yeah like that moment in like 79 where like he helps the little girl i was like, like yeah like riley ben that's what ben only wants to do like that's you can tell his, your friends that's you why he's spider-man <laughs> yeah, yeah like that's why he's in this like he doesn't care like the money is whatever fine like he's not in this in my mind like yeah he wasn't in that like to be a capitalist to get like tons of money he's there to, like have stability like do good on the street because he has the power to feel like he wants to use his powers responsibly and like that's very much why he's in this so like you know yeah he'll go help this board member because he has to and also like he does sort of have probably have people that care about him too but like at the end of the day like he really wants to be his own spider person yeah absolutely i think that comes through for sure the character dynamics between like maxine marcus ben Mm -hmm. janine it's so fascinating to me what you guys are doing because you know maxine in one moment is like pure evil but then another you you can kind (laughs) of see that they you know they're still a person that has goals and dreams and whatever and that complexity really came through it for me at least with uh amazing spider-man number 79 oh thank you yeah you know it's like it's that it's that you know platitude like writing platitude of being like you know the best villains are the ones that aren't built they're like they're the heroes of their own story you know like yeah and like i think you know maxine you know i think she's probably a little bit colder than most people but like at the end of the day i think she thinks she's doing good or like she wants to be doing good or she's doing her version of good you know she's not straight up arc like you know she's not she's not you know compared to craven who was like the complete opposite end of the spectrum like you know <laughs> yeah he has his own literally version mustache of twirling yeah literally <laughs> mustache twirling like you know she's a little bit more complex and like i think um Marcus is very much that way too. Like he, he's obviously he's obviously trying to do as much as possible. He's in the between a rock and a hard place. You know, he's yeah. right. got this job he's trying to do, but also like he sees he's Ben's handler. Like he sees this guy every day. Like they are as close as friends as you can be in that type of situation. I think he sure. ultimately wants to do good. So like, you know, I think that's that's the that's always been the fun part about Marvel for me is that like it's the mm. human stuff. You know, it's like mm. yeah, all right, Miles just happens to be bitten by a spider, but really he's just a kid in Brooklyn trying to like make it through the world as he goes like a magnet school and like it's like yeah marcus is yeah. a guy working for like a tech company uh trying to he's like basically a personal assistant he's just trying to make this work for this for this high profile guy that he's working for well that's the that's the thing that i i find fascinating about marcus is he's one of the few people there who seems to keep the perspective that ben is a complex human being like yeah. he's not just an asset and that's right. that's one of the I, every time it cuts back to marcus kind of dealing with admin but also trying to balance that yeah. you know this is a human being that we're talking about at the end of the day i really dig those scenes yeah I mean, that's something we talked about a lot in the in the room is that you know i think I mean, people have been reading stories enough now for thousands of years particularly like sequential art comic book stories like these mm-hmm. type of myths for like hundreds of years or i guess hundreds something years like we know this story like so like it, it, there's something about like modern storytelling where like yeah you want to like see the everyday person but also most people aren't evil they're they're victims of circumstances like they're just trying to make it to the end of the day to like do mm-hmm. the thing that they need to do and like that's very much what marcus is, is is doing and like that's very much how a lot of these people work like they are they were probably much like ben i'm assuming they were dangled a carrot in front of them which is marcus like you can do <laughs> sure you get to be in charge of a really cool project. You get to save, help a bunch of people. Um, and like, in order to do that, these are the contract that you have to sign. And I, I think that's how most people operate that have, that are in Beyond's, Beyond's care. Like, that's why I opened it up mm-hmm. with, with, with those coworkers is that like, yeah, they're just, they got a cool, they're like, they're working for Google. That's, that's what they, they have envisioned. <laughs> like they're working for Google. They get some crazy benefits. Uh, like, and like maybe after a couple of years, it's one of those things where like they'd read like a, a Twitter thread, like, oh wait, beyond's bad or you know, that, <laughs> right, that's how i think right. most people operate that work for them 
It's like my mom just finding out that Hobby Lobby is not great. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that can't be. Yeah, I, you've you've already sort of talked about how you know Michael Dowling has just killed it. But I was curious. We always ask uh, our, our, especially our writer guests, uh, was there a page that came back? We were like, holy crap, they went above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some. There's so there's a lot to pick from. I'll say my f- absolute favorite panel or page rather is from 80 it's um after after ben has like been drugged and he's all like the double page spread and like he's crashed down like he's looking up mm-hmm. and it's just like the four it's like wide medium close of um of craven and then janine and then black like when that came in i was like fuck this is this is it like this is it's this rad. this guy yeah. got yeah he gets <laughs> it i was like that's the like that's the the page that like i eventually want to just like get it printed out and like just make a, a frame of it like a, 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 a put it in like a framing and stuff because yeah it's so cool it captures everything about it but also it tells you so much about dowling styles but particularly when like the colors came in it's like yeah. so haunting it's it's so fucking creepy it almost feels like that one page is like oh we're at hellboy for like this one yeah page. You know, like <laughs> sure. that's very much the energy that i got when it first came in and like I I, I I think about that page a lot. Like it's one of my favorite things I've I've gotten in. I'm looking at it right Absolutely. now. Even the eyes on Craven's jacket are like they yeah. look alive. It's yeah, freaky. like they're like looking at them. Yeah, and like <laughs> yeah. Janine looks so gothic and sad. And like yeah. that, like number four panel, I think. Yeah, it's so it, was, cool. it, was, it, was, it was cool to get in. Um. So the the you've got uh, what if Miles Morales coming up mm-hmm. as well, which uh, imagines Miles in a, a number of different major hero roles. What is it uh, about Miles that makes him work in all these different settings? I think, um, I mean, I'm biased because, like, I, I just love Miles so much. But, Me like, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, he's, like, the classic, he's, like, just a, a good classic, like, myth character. Like, he's, like, the good, you know, it, whether it's, like, Narcissist chasing Echo or Luke getting the fucking skyscraper or skyscraper, the lightsaber. Luke gets a building in one of the, you didn't know that, but Luke <laughs> getting or whatever. It. It's, it's yeah, useless. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the good thing, like, all those, George Lucas yells about this forever, but, like, the whole idea of, like, the myth, how I see comic book stuff, particularly, like, superhero stuff, is that, like, these are things that you should be able to tell, like, an eight-year-old kid around a campfire while the Romans are, like, outside and be like, hey, this is how you define your good morality. You don't, if you're if you're Ulysses and you've beaten the Cyclops, you don't turn around and taunt him. Or like if you're narcissist, you don't look <laughs> into the lake and like drown yourself because you're so self-absorbed. And like yeah, I think Miles or any of those, particularly any of the spider people, whether it's Cindy or or Gwen or Peter or, or Miles, but like there are such classic archetypes at this point where like, yeah, you can place yourself into that character. You can be that like 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid and like, all right, instead of like getting bit by a spider, he gets Thor's hammer or like, or he be, gets the Captain America serum or mm-hmm. like he gets whatever he gets captured by a weapon X and gets experimented on. Like he's such a good cipher for that. And also he's like a newer character. Like he's less than 10 years old. And like, sure. I think for a lot of people, you know, they'd be like, Oh yeah, that is Spider-Man. Like, like that's, that's who I envision as, as, as Spider-Man. Um, or at least he's like, I would say, you know, 50, 50 split with Peter Parker at this point um and like i think that's what makes him work he's young he's new he's fresh also like his whole they've been doing a really great job of getting him like a cool supporting cast like supporting get list of characters like uncle aaron tiana like judge um genki like they just they're so new but they also seemed so like in the like cultural zeitgeist as far as like oh this Mm -hmm. is like archetype like everyone knows this character and like i think that's why he works so well you know the second I read Genki in a book, I was like, this is all of my buddies in high school. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know this guy 100%. Like, I, yeah. I, was, I was probably that guy in college for, for a couple of <laughs> yeah. semesters. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, you're also you're also a gamer, right? I'm assuming mm-hmm. you put some some hours into Insomniac Spider-Man games. Oh, I like uh, Brooklyn was safe. Credit uh, Home <laughs> was safe. I get these streets clean. Um, I think I want to say Spider-Man for the PS4 was probably the first game that I platinumed in like ages. Like I. I, yeah. I I I went to I, I had to get every, all those backpacks. <laughs> yeah, all, every backpack, every picture I took, I was I got you know I got the Spidey Undie character like skin, yeah, so that was just yes. me like whipping around and like you know when when Miles Morales Spider Man Miles Morales came out, I was the exact same way. Like it was yeah. I got it at Christmas time. It's like a Christmas game. Like it was I I love those games so much. They captured they the way that they capture all those characters. Um, I don't know. It's just complete night and day. Like going back to like the PlayStation Spider Man game, being like, oh, this is. I mean, uh, it's almost there. Yeah. If I close my (laughs) eyes and squint, this game really rocks. So yeah, yeah. It's great seeing how far they've come. They always seem to be pushing pushing the the boundaries of what they can do too, right? Like like you just said, like the previous Spider-Man games were amazing at the time. Yeah, Spider-Man 2, like I I used to play that at like Spider-Man 2, like the movie video game. Like yeah, I remember like my friends would go to Best Buy and like they had like a to play it and like we'd climb to the top of the uh entire stable and jump off. We're like, this is the best video games will ever be. <laughs> and like now, like we have this stuff, and like I I, I particularly love like the Miles Morales one because like they really yeah. leaned in like the Spider-Verse one of it all. So like like they're just like TikToks and like you know, Instagram channels where it's just like swinging to music and Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and it's just a yeah. guy. They'll they'll put on like a random um skin and like they'll just be whipping around to like whatever they want to play on their playlist and it's so relaxing and so fun and like yeah that's honestly what I did for most of Miles Morales they put on like a hip hop playlist and just like swung around New York I I man the, those games like really make it you really can just zone out while you're swinging around the city too like it is oh, yeah. so relaxing it's so fun uh, yeah I yeah yeah I I it's funny because I, I was talking to Dave about this uh, a little while back like that second one is. The, the the main criticism i saw was just that it's too short but i feel mm-hmm. like there's something to be said for triple a experiences that aren't 40 hours long yeah like, yeah I, I, sure. <laughs> yeah i mean look uh, last year was a crazy year i did final fantasy 7 remake i did last of us 2 and just like Ooh, you know, that really yeah. put a, that really hurt that me that was a lot um, yeah I, yeah, yeah. It's it was a Tsushima, lot. so like getting like miles i was like yeah this should be 20 hours long and then like eight hours in i'm like this is perfect length um yes. like I, you yeah. know, i'm still having fun you know i yeah i started playing um judgment for the first time mm-hmm. the the and and i was just like this rules but like i i don't have the the bandwidth for yeah um, at something like this right now <laughs> like, yeah i'm not really unemployed it. like i was when i was playing those other games <laughs> right. like, exactly, you know, I, exactly I have, right I yeah to... no i yeah when i i lost my uh I, I well i i went between jobs a couple of years yeah. ago and that was the ideal time for me to buy persona yeah. five but yeah, like exactly. it's just not happening now yeah, yeah. <laughs> now my slate's too full right so cody with a asm 80 i think mm-hmm. you're that's like a two-parter right yeah when will we see you next on amazing spider-man so i have uh so oh there's a a uh asm 80 dot be what bay like the, that weird naming structure but like, we were trying yeah, to figure the, out it, it stands for beyonce right like, <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah beyonce you don't know this but she actually green she had to personally read and get final re- approval on every every issue oh that, that. sucks oh, yeah 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 uh, <laughs> you would have thought uh yeah that i'm doing that and that drops next week and then i'm back like i think oh, 84 and 85 with like doc Ock proper um awesome nice. so like yeah this is great cool i got five issues with amazing spider-man who would have i never would have thought uh never would have dreamed that so like it's been a really really fun run but also like there's some really cool shit that that mm. everyone else is doing like pat uh got some cool stuff salad and like i read zeb's 
I think 86. That's it's it's mm-hmm. good. Like every time I read it, yeah. I'm just like, fuck, Zeb is so good. Like, I hate how <laughs> I'm looking forward to this book every week. Yeah, like, it, it, it's it's crushing. Thank you. They, they got they got a great team. They're they're all killing it over there. Are you back with Dowling on uh, on your issues? On the main book? No, I'm with I'm back with my boy Paco Medina. He he oh, we nice. did uh nice. yeah. Society number one together. We're doing the Miles Morales What If. Like I I love all the arts I've worked in, but like Paco was like the first one that I worked with, like a like a, a longer book. So like I just he's so fun, he's so pleasant. Like he sends email being like, Hey buddy, how are we doing, brother? What do you think of this page <laughs> number seven? And like it's just such a fun rapport. Like I'm so glad that, that he's been with me every like every step of the way when it comes to like my comic book career so far. So like I love that we we get to do two issues of Spidey together. He's got some really really cool stuff, and um, awesome. he's got some really really fun. Paco's done so many really amazing fun. things, just like yeah, mind he's, blowing he's, stuff. He, he's so good, and like I, the first time I got back, like the very first page of like the one the uh, Siege Society thing, I was like, did they send this to the right guy? This looks like <laughs> this looks like concept art. Like it's so fucking good. Like I yeah. I was blown away. Like oh, this is this is gonna be a comic book. All right. Cool, let's do it. <laughs> That's dope. Do you have a favorite what if story from the what if uh, library? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just one I think about a lot. I, I'm so, this may be sacrilege to people, but like I am a huge century apologist. Like I'm a huge century truther. Like I love Robert sure. Reynolds. Uh, so like I, that, um, that what if, if, uh, if, uh, if Thor lost siege, if, 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 if century won the fight, yeah. like I love that because like you just get to see them go full tilt. Like, it's brutal it's not very fun it's kind of dark but like yeah watching him like do that like that anime speed punch to thor's chest was like super fucking cool and like i think about that one a lot just because like i that was like one of the first comics i read like the original like um i think it's called siege when um mm-hmm. when like when he like fights uh aries i'm just like oh this is like this is like a, i'm watching like a movie this is crazy like yeah <laughs> like i was all into that and uh it's like yeah that's the one that i go to back the most just because it's i i like the century I like watching him like go full tilt and go power, like just go, go insane. And like, I, I think about that one a lot. Nice. Yeah. My, my first, I feel like my first exposure to Sentry was when he flew carnage into space and tore yeah, him like, in half. Oh, and, I was, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I fuck with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me this. Yeah. I'm all for this. Like, yeah, I was, I, yeah, I read a lot of Sentry stuff. Like uh, there's that, I don't know if it was an X-Men book when he, he was like, in a, uh, he's like one of Apocalypse's like horsemen for some weird reason mm-hmm. for a little bit. And like, there's a fight that he has with Thor where he punches him so hard that like they fly like four galaxies over into like a planet and like <laughs> nice. I'm like yeah this is what I want like I <laughs> love awesome. seeing like yeah I love seeing comic book fights like this give it to me for sure well um what are you what are you reading right now outside of outside of the Spideyverse uh let's I just picked I mean anything anything that Kelly Thompson's puts down like I, I'm reading it like I'm I've been yelling about yeah. Black Widow for fucking years I guess a year and a half at this point um I just picked up um this book what was it um uh like fantasy sports it's like a young it's like a younger it's like a uh probably for like it's like a ya it's definitely for kids but Mm -hmm. like it's just a fun like little comic book um like animated or animated series like limited series it's really fun i really like that um i just grabbed the new hawkeye uh kate bishop i haven't had a chance to read it yet but like fun i i love i love hawkeye so like Mm -hmm. i particularly kate bishop's like i'm all aboard for that um and this isn't comic book but like you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a weeb. I, I love anime shit. So like I'm reading Dragon Ball Super every month when it drops. Yeah. So like, you know, if you're in like Goku or Vegeta, you gotta, you gotta pick that up. I'm way behind on it, but I, yeah, I need to catch up for sure. Yeah. It's fun. Awesome, man. In our last segment off topic, top shelf, we usually ask what you're up to right now. That's not comic book related. Any hobbies or anything that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I'm, I'm chilling. I am. Uh, I used to play a lot of music back in the day. I was a, I was a 
the guitar guitar dudes like my thing that's been ticking around my brain the last couple of days is that like i just want to record like a little shitty punk ep in like my living room so like i think I that's you tweeting I'm... about that last night i'm yeah. so into that <laughs> yeah i think that's what i'm gonna do like i've been listening listening to like all of the stuff i listened to when i was in like high school and like early college and like now my spotify algorithm is just like completely nuked it's just like nothing but like hardcore punk so like i think Dude, that's, I... The, that's the move <laughs> I just put together a playlist on Spotify called Angst in the Aughts. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like all the stuff I was listening to at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, uh, that's that, I think that's the thing I'm going to be working on hopefully over the next couple of, couple of weeks. And like, maybe, maybe I, we'll see if I can actually stick the landing and get something recorded. Awesome, dude. Awesome, that dude. sounds awesome. Well, Cody, thank you so much for being on the AAPT Comics Podcast. Amazing Spider number 80 is out now. Go pick it up. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah.